This pre-recorded show furnished by Matthew Mattern. You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Mattern. My guest today is Cindy Montanez, CEO of Tree People. Welcome to the program, Cindy. Thank you, Matt. Excited to be here. And hello to everybody that's listening today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what's your journey to get involved in the environmental movement? Okay. I mean, I have, uh, I think the country's greatest role right now, which is to be CEO of Tree People, uh, which is an amazing uh, nonprofit that's headquartered in Los Angeles. And we are out there just making a difference day after day, planting trees and caring for trees and doing environmental education in communities all over Southern California. And uh, how did I get there? I mean, I grew up in Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley, out in the northeast part of the San Fernando Valley in a little community called San Fernando, San Fernando Pacoima. And quite honestly, it was an area that had a lot of um, environmental just pollution and injustices. Um, but my parents always took us out to, uh, to parks and uh, state parks, national parks, the local parks, out into nature, out to hike and gave us a deep appreciation for nature. So I always knew that, um, that my career at some point or my life was gonna be about trying to take care of the environment and, and help people. So, um, you know, I was involved as a little girl in my community, uh, went to UCLA locally, stayed again in Los Angeles, and then uh, was very much a student activist. And uh, when I was 25 years old, I ran for my city council in the city of San Fernando, I was elected uh, as the youngest council person there, focused on a lot of issues to help the community and was talking back then about the environment and air pollution and planting trees and working on these environmental justice issues. Got elected to the state legislature at 28 years old to this day, the youngest woman ever elected to the California state legislature. And I pushed hard again, on these issues of climate change and environmental justice and addressing uh, pollution and addressing public health issues. And my life just kind of took me to a place where today I lead LA's largest environmental movement. Literally, we have tens of thousands of people that are on the ground in communities helping us plant trees. And we have I mean, over a million people came, came to our website last year looking for how they can be involved. So it's a big movement, it's fun, it's, um, it's meaningful. And I just have to say that, you know, that little girl um, growing up in San Fernando Pacoima that had frustrations with uh, how our, my environment looked as compared to other neighborhoods, now I have the ability to change that. And that's what we're doing. We are changing that. We're bringing the environment to areas that don't have a lot of natural space and trees, communities all over LA, that are hard hit by air pollution and climate threats, but we're also taking care of those beautiful national forests that my parents always taught us to, to have a deep appreciation for. And the, the just gorgeous, pristine Santa Monica mountains, uh, which are just such a huge um, environmental just benefit um, to the entire region. So that's what, that's what we do. And that's who, that's who I am. I'm just like any other Angelino <laughs> who grew up here, you know, in a big city, but uh, no matter how big the city gets, no matter how big of a metropolis that we live in, we are all connected to nature and we want to make sure that we keep nature alive and healthy and with us. Um, and that's, that's our movement. And so we just, uh, we have grown tremendously in the last few years. So we just invite everybody 
everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter how old, how young, you know, not, doesn't matter where, where you're from, you are all invited to be part of our, um, of our movement of tree people. Well, that's a beautiful story, Cindy, and uh, thank you for sharing it with us. Uh, it's, it's really the story of, uh, of America in the 21st century, of, of somebody, you know, coming from, uh, you know, humble beginnings and uh, making a, a, a real difference in our community. And I think uh, that's a great message for young people of 25 years old getting elected to the city council, 28 years old getting elected to the state legislature. Uh, to to make a difference, to have our voices be heard, and and I think that a lot of people out there are don't have that sense that they can contribute, or they they're they care, but they're not sure. And uh, I I certainly encourage uh, all of our listeners to engage and and do take the first step and and reach out to organizations like yours to to be involved and and to find a path, and that's that's a a beautiful part of, of the That's journey. Right. That's exactly right, Matt. I mean, I'll tell you a story. Just over the weekend, we were planting in Watts in the heart of South Los Angeles, a community that back in 1965 went through the historic Watts, uh, the Watts riots, right? And this is historically um, a very uh, poor working class community, historically African-American, lots of immigrants, Latino. And this weekend, we were there um, planting with all types of very diverse people that came from all over. The last circle of, of people that I planted with, a young woman had grown up in the area and uh, remembered you know, gang activity and lots of police and like the, the disinvestment in her community. And she was happy that we were now there planting trees in her neighborhood. Another young woman came in from Orange County and she was connected to this Watts Rising uh, project that we have going on because of her company. Another young man came in from the San Gabriel Valley because he had heard about it. So he had drove in about an hour to help plant trees in this community of Watts. Another young woman said, you know, I was living in Minnesota. Then COVID hit and it just made me ask myself, what kind of difference do I truly want to make at this time in my life when life is so could be so short and it's so precious. And she's like, I want to plant trees. And there she was. So we had people from Minnesota, from Watts, from the San Gabriel Valley, from Orange County, and a little girl who was 10 years old, a Girl Scout, that said she had just taken the pledge to help the Girl Scouts plant 5 million trees. And she was gonna plant her two trees. And that is what we do at Tree People. We bring people together from all kinds of backgrounds to all kinds of neighborhoods, and people are there for that simple act of planting a tree to make a difference in their community. And everyone can do it, just as you said. It's healing, and it's very unifying, and it's tons of fun, I tell you. Well, Cindy, tell us uh, where your next uh, project is going to be uh, and uh, what you're doing next. Yeah, okay. Love to invite people to be part of our, again, a growing movement all over, all over Southern California. So you can help come help us plant um, in the Angeles National Forest, which is a, you know, just pristine, beautiful forest that unfortunately has gone through a lot of fires, um, as we've seen throughout the state of California and other parts of the, of the country. So you can come help us plant um, areas that have been fire scarred in the Angeles National Forest. You can come help us restore these areas in the Santa Monica Mountains. 
Um, when you go out to the Santa Monica Mountains, if you haven't been there, you feel like you are completely outside of Los Angeles and you are in these just wonderful chaparral um, environments, oak trees and walnut trees, and you're just in a whole different area. Or you could come help us in all of the plantings that we have in urban communities from the San Fernando Valley to South Los Angeles to Southeast Los Angeles to now we're going to be out in Riverside. We are pretty much everywhere. So look at our website, treepeople.org, and uh, you will see hundreds of events throughout the year. Even last year with COVID, Tree People was out there at over 400 community events. So there is definitely a way for you to involve. We have no less than 7,000 to 10,000 volunteers year after year. So there is plenty of opportunity for you to come help us green communities all over and take care of our forests and our mountains. Well, that, uh, that does sound great. And, and tell us a little bit about the beginnings of Tree People and, and kind of how it's evolved over its, uh, its life. Tree People has one of the most beautiful stories ever. Andy Lipkis, our founder, um, was a young 15-year-old that went from Los Angeles out to the San Bernardino Mountains. And his camp counselor said, look at these beautiful trees, hundreds of years old that you are standing under. Back then in the 1970s, pollution was so bad that the counselor let them know, listen kids, if we don't do anything to stop the pollution, if we don't take care of our environment, these forests are going to be gone by the time you are all in your 20s or your 30s, 10 to, 10 to 20 years, these trees could be gone because pollution was so bad. So it scared the heck out of Andy <laughs> and all his other 15-year-old camp buddies. So they literally went back with jackhammers, with tools, and they started breaking up concrete and planting trees. Those trees continue to thrive and survive in the San Bernardino Mountains. They're big and they're beautiful. And we have pictures of Andy now with these big trees, uh, you know, almost 50 years later. Uh, and that's the story. You know, Tree People was founded by a group of teenagers. So our movement is heavily focused on youth. Uh, we have programs in LA County that impact a quarter million students. We are working with students in their schools to green their schools, plant trees, capture rainwater, plant uh, gardens, do recycle, recycle trash. Uh, we work with students all the time because at the heart of Tree People, it was a, it was a movement created by a group of just young, um, forward-thinking, just teenagers that wanted to make a difference. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's the history of, of who we are. We have grown to be the largest environmental movement in Los Angeles. We do high-level policy and research. We have environmental education programs. We're, a tree, we're planting trees, taking care of trees. We just have a very sophisticated approach to how we are going to take action to address issues of climate change and help nature um, heal cities and communities all over. Well, that's uh, that's a great uh, story of the organization. And uh, I can connect to it on a personal level in that I remember planting a tree in my parents' backyard on the south side of Chicago. And uh, that tree is still there and it's grown, uh, you know, to be a, an adult tree and it's, it's amazing it. to watch something grow like that. It, it's just, uh, it's a piece of, you know, myself, I think, planted in that ground and, and part of our family. So uh, 
yeah, it's, I, I can. I love it. Yes. Thank you, Matt, for sharing that story. I mean, we have um, a big movement called uh, We Are All Tree People because mm-hmm. we believe that at Tree People, just like what you just said. You are a tree people. You are definitely a tree pe- person. That story of you connecting back as your, that childhood memory, right? Those beautiful memories of climbing that tree, sitting under a tree, taking a nap under a tree, having a picnic under a tree, all of these different ways we connect to trees and trees connect to us. That is exactly what we're doing is we we were bringing people together around something we all connect to. And those, those are the trees. You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Mattern and uh, my guest, Cindy Montanez, uh, CEO of Tree People, KBC 790. We're going to be back in just one minute with Cindy Uh, talking more about the impact that Tree People has made in Southern California over the last uh, 40 plus years. So stay with us. You're listening to Unite and Heal America. This is Matt Mattern with my guest today, Cindy Montanez, uh, CEO of Tree People. We're talking to Cindy about the impact that this organization has had in Southern California over the last 40 years. Tell us a little bit about the amount of trees that have been planted and, and how that affects our environment here in California to have uh, additional trees planted. Yeah, I mean, since Tree People was founded back in Los Angeles um, in 1973, so almost 50 years ago um, by, you know, a, a teenage activist, Andy Lipkis, we have easily planted over 3 million trees um, and engaged over 2 million people in our, in our movement. And, uh, you know, we are definitely about the trees, but we are mostly really about engaging people because even if people don't come directly volunteer in our activities or they move elsewhere, we want them to continue to take care of and plant trees anywhere that, um, that they are at. No, this is the biggest movement of people coming out weekend after weekend, sometimes day after day, to plant and care for trees and renew depleted landscapes. Um, So we are establishing rain gardens and we're planting native plants and we are planting the trees and we're doing environmental education and we just have a lot of activities. And we know that over 3 million people have been part of this and probably many others that we are not even aware of. I tell you wherever I go and I tell people I'm CEO of Tree People, Sometimes people just want to hug me. (laughs) They're like, tree people, we love tree people. Or tell me more about tree people because I want to become part of tree people. So it's a a huge, um, you know, just huge community. Um, We have generations now after 50 years of being around uh, in a big area like Los Angeles, um, having done things in other parts of the world. Uh, It's it's just generational now, multi-generational in some families. Uh, where kids uh, or adults, you know, remember going up to our park or planting a tree with tree people when they were little kids. And now they have their children or their grandchildren as part of, as part of our efforts. Um, we are involved in many schools. I mean, year after year, we, we, we work on school greening projects in over 200 schools. So imagine that impact after, you know, that many years of, of touching that many schools. Um, so yes, um, it's a, uh, it's just a, it's very high impact. And, and I think sometimes we ourselves don't realize the kind of difference that we are making in people's lives. And, the, and I hope people realize that they have made a huge difference in, in our lives and how we are running tree people 
um, because now we are ready to really launch even in a bigger way to get cities across the United States and communities across the world um, to join the effort of being tree people. So in terms of uh, carbon capture, I mean, that one of the things that, uh, that as I've learned more and more about uh, the environmental problems we face, that uh, trees are a great uh, kind of a carbon capturing device, old fashioned. And uh, have, do you have any like measurement of, of uh, the amount of carbon that the trees, the millions of trees you planted have, have captured over the last 40 plus years? Well, so we know, I mean, that the best technology or one of the best technologies for addressing climate change is that ancient, te ancient technology of a tree. I mean, once we plant a tree, the tree begins to capture the air pollution and, and allows us to capture carbon. Um, we actually do do an analysis on every uh, project that we have um, in communities. So if we're going to plant a thousand trees or if we're going to plant 10,000 trees, we, uh, there's actually a tool that we use depending on the tree. Um, you know, we could, we could use that, that, that tool to, to quantify how much uh, carbon will be captured um, in the life of that tree. I, I don't know what the total amount of carbon um, that we have captured in our trees, but just imagine, you know, you have easily 3 million additional lungs of the earth that we have planted that are out there helping us breathe and capturing carbon from all the trees that we have planted. We take care of our trees. So I have to say, there's a lot of movements out there that just plant trees. Those trees die because no one's taking care of them. Tree people's trees survive at rates of 90%, sometimes 100% of the trees we plant in communities survive. And the reason for that is because we connect people directly to that tree. So every tree that tree people plants has a name. And every single tree that tree people plants has its own kind of ceremony. We, we baptize it. <laughs> we, do, we, we get around in a circle, we hold hands, and we say, repeat our motto, which is trees need people and people need trees. Then we welcome that tree with its name. So that christening ceremony, that baptism, you know, that whole uh, process is something that we do. Why? Because again, we're trying to connect people directly to that tree so that tree can survive and, and capture carbon and capture water and help us with, you know, bringing in new wildlife or, you know, other critters and like all these benefits or enormous amount of benefits that trees provide. So um, we, we absolutely do quantify all of that. And uh, because we know that there's uh, incredible benefits from that comes from, again, that simple act of planting a tree um, is, is, is one of the greatest actions or acts that a human being can take to leave a legacy and make a difference. Well, in terms of uh, the survival rate, that's, that's amazing. And uh, because as I had, had read a bit about, about this process that it, it doesn't help to plant trees and then just cut them down because then you're releasing all the carbon that you just captured. So you want to keep them alive and, and keep them growing. So that's an important part of the process. Just planting them wouldn't be enough. You really, it's, it's great to hear that the organization is there to try to help uh, them thrive. Um, Exactly. And it's really simple. So in addition to the work that we're doing, we, off, we offer workshops 
So if anybody wants to become a community forester, so you want to plant trees in, on your block, in your neighborhood, in your school, your park, then we train you as tree people. And in training you, we help you and your neighbors or your friends, your family, uh, learn the process of how, to, how you take care of a tree. So watering a tree, trimming a tree, mulching a tree, making sure that the tree gets you know, the, the love and attention it needs to, um, to establish itself, its roots really well and survive for uh, hundreds of years potentially. So it's really simple. You know, sometimes people think that watering a tree is really expensive. We've done research and it shows that, it, you know, for less than like $15 a year, probably about $10 a year, you can maintain a tree by just giving it um, the three buckets of water that it needs once a week to, have, to, to, to make sure it gets the water it needs. It's really easy and it's inexpensive and it has huge benefits um, just by making that simple investment. And, and we teach you, we teach you how to do that. That's why our trees survive because we don't just plant it and, and turn our backs on it, but we plant it and we continue to bring community to it and we engage the community members and people with it. So that, um, as I said, that little 10 year old Girl Scout that was with us in Watts over the weekend she, she committed, she took her pledge and said, I'm taking care of this tree. Emily May was the name of her tree. She's like, I'm coming back to take care of Emily May for the rest of my life. And I believe it because a Girl Scout said it, that tree will survive. <laughs> and, and that's why you get 90% to 100% of our trees surviving wherever we plant them. What about in terms of biodiversity and, and how, do, how does the organization address that? Because I have certainly heard that uh, we want to have a diverse forest. We don't want to have a monoculture. What, what does the organization do to, to address that concern? Yeah, look, we are working in one of the areas that has the greatest biodiversity in the world. The Santa Monica Mountains, this Mediterranean um, ecosystem that we are blessed and fortunate to live in, um, in Los Angeles, has the greatest biodiversity in terms of just plants and trees and other species. So what we do is we do, um, we, we, we do a lot of research um, on what are existing native plants, but then also how is the climate changing um, to then allow us so that we get information and research and science so that we're planting trees that are actually going to survive with a changing climate. We know that we're gonna experience more days that are hotter and then we know we're gonna go through periods of extreme drought as we're beginning to live now. Then we're gonna go through periods where it's really wet and rainy. And then we're gonna to continue to see these wildfires. So we, we have all of this that we need to plan for now. So what we do is we partner with research um, institutions, with universities, with other um, nonprofit organizations to actually look and, and do the, the analysis of what are the right species, trees and plants to plant in certain areas. Um, we have gotten very deeply into fire resilience um, because of the amount of wildfires um, that we see throughout the area. We live in an area, um, or we, we as tree people have our headquarters um, in areas that are very prone to fire, but they're very biodiverse areas. So you will see us um, in our nursery. We have many, many different species of native plants that we actually grow um, locally. We have 
acorns we collect to grow um, our trees and we take those plants and we take them back in to these areas um, where, we, we, where, where we need to continue to maintain biodiversity. Um, we do this with the US Forest Service. So there's a really um, specialized way of actually collecting seeds, propagating the seeds and returning them to US Forest Service lands. There are only two nurseries in the entire county of Los Angeles, a county of over 10 million people that are certified um, to actually grow trees that'll, that are taking back, taken back to the US Forest Service lands. We at Tree People have one of those nurseries. Um, so this is something that we are very, um, very involved with. And we have a group of interns. So any community member that wants to get to that skill set of knowing native plants and trees, please reach out to us because we are um, we have one of the best teams in the region working on this exact issue. Well, that is uh, that's exciting stuff. We're listening to uh, Cindy Montez of Tree People, CEO of Tree People on Unite and Heal America. This is your host, Matt Matter. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about how to plant a biodiverse forest to prevent fire and or survive a fire with Cindy. So uh, we'll be right back in one minute. You're listening to Unite and Heal America. This is Matt Mattern with my guest, Cindy Montanez of Tree People, CEO. And uh, as we said, uh, the question, Cindy, is how to plant a biodiverse forest uh, to either prevent fires or survive a fire, because obviously we have that fire risk here in Southern California and in Northern California as well, and all across the West, we've seen these horrendous wildfires. Uh, and uh, what can we do to, to plant forests that are less likely to get engulfed by flames? Yeah, so, I mean, increasing the, um, the plant diversity, um, but the appropriate plant diversity and tree diversity um, in, uh, in the region or in forest, um, even sometimes, we don't realize in our in urban areas we can have these urban forests anywhere, right? It doesn't have to be the traditional um, U.S. Forest Service lands or national parks. These open space. This also happens in urban areas where we have to look at our ecosystem and look at plants, plant diversity, tree diversity, so that we can be more resilient um, to the changes that we're seeing from climate change, but then also um, extreme heat. Um, as we see days get hotter, droughts, we won't have as much water. So we have to be really careful what kinds of trees and plants we're planting. But then, as you just mentioned, one of the scariest aspects of this um, changing climate is fires and the, um, the potential for increased wildfires because of these very drought, uh, drought or very dry and then wet years um, that create a lot of just this, the fuel plants that shouldn't be there that are that have that are very flammable so what do we do so we have program um, one of our most popular programs is a program called forest aid um, and this was a program um, that we relaunched um, a few years ago with uh, a very significant legacy gift from the boeing company um, who itself uh, was really is continues to try to make a difference worldwide on sustainability so with the Boeing company and other partners, we, um, we developed a program called Forest Aid, where we are looking at um, areas that have been burnt by fires and uh, going in and, and replanting native plants and, other, and trees 
um, to make that area less prone to fires. So we remove a lot of invasive um, plants um, that have really high fuel. And um, just imagine, you know, when you're, when you're at a campfire, if you have a lot of, when you want to get your fire started, you add in leaves and twigs and all of these things that catch fire really quick. Um, so we try to remove all of that. We remove all of that with volunteers, literally hundreds, thousands of volunteers, hundreds of interns, thousands of, of volunteers that are going in and more, more properly managing these areas. Then we go in and working with the U.S. Forest Service and, and other partners, we identify the, the types of plants or trees um, that need to go in there. We plant numerous amounts of plants in different species of trees so that, as you said, we don't have a monoculture. We're not farming out there. We're not doing agriculture. We are creating a forest. And the forest has many plants, many trees, many species, because they all live off, uh, off of each other. They feed off of each other. They help each other. And they, and they, way they work together to try to prevent those invasive plants um, to, um, from, from actually dominating and taking over the landscape. So we, um, you know, we do this as a team and what's wonderful why the U.S. Forest Service and others, uh, other entities like working with us is because we bring out a lot of people. Um, we're educating. So it's not, again, we're not just doing the work to do the work. We're doing the work to educate people, um, engage people so that we have a whole culture a movement in, in, in Los Angeles and really in the United States of people knowing that they too can be part of the solution and, and protecting ourselves from future, from these future impacts of, of, um, of climate change. So that's, that's what you see here. We, we have these natural or natural forest potentially that are, that are going to be recreated in urban areas. Um, we, that will increase habitat. It'll help us again with, 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 with water. It'll help reduce pressure sometimes on how, on development, helps with mental health. I mean, all of this is just, um, you know, bottom line comes into, comes down to, we wanna just improve life and we wanna improve our ecosystem. Well, that's a, that's a very important question is kind of how, and I, I heard it spoken about before. I don't uh, say I'm, I'm no expert on it, but uh, how trees and plants are related to water and, and how uh, having a, a healthy forest can help uh, rivers and streams and, and also change weather patterns uh, in, in some situations. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the tree, pe tree people's work and how it can help uh, all these related areas. Yeah, so tree people's work, um, we look at the ecosystem as a whole. So we're looking at the soil, right, to start off with. So even sometimes before we even plant the tree, we wanna look at that soil and see, is that soil healthy enough? Um, and how do we get that soil healthier? Sometimes you can have a really healthy tree and give it lots of love and attention, but if you don't have the right soil, a healthy soil, then you, then we won't be able to really, that tree won't be as healthy as it, as it is. We also know that soil, um, even more so than trees, is, can capture carbon, right? So having healthy soils and healthy urban soils, especially, is critical to our, our long-term resilience um, on climate change and then also being able to capture carbon. So when we start, we start looking at soils, we look at, you know, 
the trees, we look at what's around, we look at native plants, we look at the potential for water capture. So we, we're designing berms and we're designing sometimes we do rain gardens. So gardens, uh, you know, when it rains, the water actually stays um, to help, you know, plant, um, take care of certain plants that are plant planted and those plants help clean up the soil. Um, they also, the rain gardens will help water infiltrate back into groundwater tables that are important that then we're, again, we're recycling, we're, we're, we're going through a natural, we're trying to mimic how nature works. So with water, um, trees are a very important piece of capturing water runoff. So when it rains, we've all seen it. It rains and the rain will hit our rooftops. It'll go down our, our rain gutters into our streets, or down our driveways, into our streets and sidewalks. It'll be picking up pollution, all kinds of contaminants, goes usually into the storm drain. That storm drain will go directly into the ocean and ends up contaminating our ocean. So when it rains from, you know, in the urban area, you drive down 20, 30 miles and you get to the ocean and the, and the, and the oceans, the beaches, the rivers, the streams are contaminated and they're polluted. So what we want to do, and we've been talking about this now for over for decades, for at least half of the, the time we've been around, is create a, create a whole network of very localized to regional systems and approaches to transform communities so that we are actually preventing that urban water runoff and capturing the water locally, using trees as part of that, because the tree, as we've all seen, in the roots of a tree, in the leaves of the tree, in the trunk of a tree, you can literally capture thousands of gallons of water. So trees serve like a sponge. They literally are. They're one of the best natural sponges available. So as part of like our work, you know, we are working um, throughout Southern California with different partners to make sure that we move from what was historically what we call gray infrastructure. So lots of concrete to green infrastructure. Infrastructure now where our streets and our sidewalks and our parks and our schools are actually capturing water and we are greening these areas and they're contributing to a positive impact and positive benefits for a community. That's what our work is about. And that's why we're very different in our approach because we really are looking at how we transform, how we, have, how we have traditionally built environments and built communities to actually now making them greener and healthier and more resilient um, to the changes from the changing climate and threats like extreme heat and, and wildfires. Well, that's great work. And I'd love to hear uh, more about that because uh, to me, that is, um, a a huge problem and, and a challenge for all of us because this urban water runoff, uh, as you just eloquently stated, just is a funnel, funneling all these chemicals down from our uh, streets and highways straight down to storm drains, out to the ocean. And uh, that's, we try to treat it, I believe, as much as we can, but a lot of times it overwhelms our systems in place when, because uh, our mountains are a great blessing, but they also accelerate the flow of water very quickly. So as we've all seen, water running downhill, it's moving fast. And uh, so 
that is a, that's a big question. It's like, how do we channel that water? How do we uh, slow it down? And so we don't lose really with this very valuable resources being washed out to the ocean. Southern California needs that fresh water. So how do we, how do we capture it when it does rain so we can use it so it doesn't just all run out into the ocean and not only run off into the ocean and run off into the ocean polluted. So it's a, a, a loss on two different levels. Well, you're going to hear the tell us more about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to Unite and Heal America. I'm Matt Matter and our guest, uh, Cindy Montanez from uh, Tree People, the CEO. So uh, we'll be back in just one minute. You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Mattern. Again, our guest, Cindy Montanez, the uh, CEO of Tree People and former state legislator. Tell us a little bit more about what we were just talking about with the urban water runoff and creating sponges slash trees to soak up that water. And how are we going to do that? Because we have this vast network of roads and that act as funnels, funneling all the water down uh, through our streets uh, versus hitting green spaces, which would slow it down. How can we slow down this torrent of water coming off of our mountains and, and capture it? Yeah, so this is one of truly one of the greatest opportunities we have right now. Um, so let's just take Los Angeles County. Okay, so Los Angeles County now um, voters passed um, about two years ago one of the largest um, investments in what they, what's called stormwater capture or just capturing this water runoff um, that we've seen anywhere in the country. So now LA County, just LA County alone will forever have at least $300 million a year. So again, $300 million a year going into different communities every year to get us to look at how we create a system that will no longer waste what is about 100 billion gallons of water every year in LA County that gets wasted exactly by what you just said. It rains, it runs off into the streets and sidewalks, into storm drains, and it ends up into, into the ocean. And it, I mean, water is gold, right? Water is so precious. And with droughts, extended droughts, we can't continue to l- let that precious resource be just ignored or literally thrown away as if it was trash. So what we're looking at now is like an opportunity to work with directly with communities. We as tree people last year alone went into 107 different communities in LA County to ask people, what are your water needs? And what would you like to see in your community? An overwhelming amount of people said, we want to see greener streets and we want to be able to make sure that we don't have so much of this polluted water or runoff going down into storm drains because there's a consciousness now. People realize more and more all over the world with droughts, we need to do more to capture water and reuse it. So what we are now um, working on, Los Angeles County has a program called the Safe Clean Water Program. So the Safe Clean Water Program is a program that is now uh, working directly with communities and municipalities to design these types of projects. So what can it be? It could be a park, for example. You have a baseball field on top or you have a soccer field on top, but what you really are, what you really see is underground, there might be an infiltration basin, right? There might be a system for cleaning up water 
which tree people helped designed one of the first ones ever in Los Angeles on a school many years ago, 30 years ago, almost now, where water runs into um, an infiltration basin, it gets cleaned up, right? So once it, once it gets cleaned up, it literally can be recycled back up to take care of that soccer field, the baseball field, the plants, the, uh, the trees in the park or in the neighborhood. The potential for us to do that in streets and sidewalks and communities all over um, is enormous. And this is what we're pushing. So when we say green infrastructure, when people are out there, think about that as your, uh, you know, as, as a person, as a person, you know, walking in your neighborhood, what can the city do to make my street greener and capture rainwater? So instead of it just having a, 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 a regular sidewalk, then why not create bioswales? So a bioswale. So imagine a bio, a bioswale would be like, imagine this beautifully engineered ditch with plants that are functioning as a cleanup technology. So instead of that water running off on the side of your sidewalk, that water could actually, you could have a curb cut out. So you would cut a piece of the curb. So when the water comes down the street in that little curb cut out, it will go into your bioswale. It'll look like a little beautiful little stream. And then a lot of that water could percolate back into the groundwater and whatever is still left, you then have another curb cut out and then it keeps going. So you basically create these, these, these uh, streams in your front yard, in a street that you walk down. What does that do? It obviously beautifies the neighborhood, but it helps reduce stormwater from running off down that, down, down that street into gutters and into the ocean. So you now, we now collect all of this, you know, pollutants or trash or water before it ends up contaminating our oceans. Because what we see right now, we're losing a lot of water. We're wasting a lot of water, but we, and our streams and our rivers and our oceans are con highly contaminated. But we can stop that by just re-engineering and rethinking through how we address this issue. And quite honestly, it'll make all neighborhoods look a lot more beautiful. Well, it, it sounds like a great solution. It's just, uh, you know, I guess I have a question as to, uh, you know, the plan and the cost of uh, rolling it out there and and getting it done. And I, I can see that being a great investment for infrastructure for at the local level and, and something we should all be thinking about. Um, I guess uh, just asking kind of the tough questions of what's the plan? How can we do that effectively, quickly, cost efficiently? And where are we doing it now? And how much money is it going to take to do it all over? So how, how what's the plan, right? So we do have, um, there's, a, there's a lot of planning that's occurring in communities um, throughout the region. Um, I invite you as community members who are interested in being part of that process, definitely reach out to us um, again at treepeople.org. Reach out to Tree People and we will help connect you to those efforts happening locally. Um, there are city councils, there are town councils, there are nonprofit organizations, some engineering firms. There are lots of advocates that are now pushing for this. We need more people engaged. I think the more that um, our local representatives hear from us, um, the more that, um, that we, were, we are going to be able to truly make a difference there. 
and get these projects designed and implemented in neighborhoods all over the region. And this is something that doesn't, isn't just contained to urban areas. This can happen anywhere um, all over the country. There's a, there's a big movement on this um, in cities throughout, throughout, the, uh, throughout the United States. Um, so we just uh, we invite you to reach out to us and we will get you connected to those, to those local efforts. I want to ask you, Cindy, we have a $75 billion surplus right now. And how much of that is targeted to be used to help environmental issues and in particular, the ones that you just talked about as far as the urban water runoff. And uh, are there any bills in particular that are winding their way through the state legislature that uh, you particularly uh, support and think would help uh, with our environmental problems here in the state? Yes. So right now, California, as many other states, um, are seeing an influx of new resources or new dollars. Well, we have to make sure all of us as people wanting to see our communities be greener, we need to be stronger advocates for urban forestry. The state of California does not spend anywhere near what we should be spending on urban forestry to get trees planted um, in the ground. So we as tree people are pushing for an increase in the dollars going into urban forestry and fire uh, restoration uh, and resilience efforts in our forested lands and our mountain areas. So yes, please do part of, become part of our movement. Um, you can get more information on our website at treepeople.org. Um, we wanna make sure that the governor and state legislators put attention to this. We are also pushing for increased dollars into urban greening um, and, you know, this is the, the urban greening is, is what we were talking about. The, this is where we can get stormwater capture projects, um, infiltration projects, uh, bioswales, rain gardens into parks and schools and neighborhoods. So we have a growing movement of um, organizations and resident groups and individuals from across California that are, that are helping us um, being advocates. And so we are, are going to push hard. We know that these are investments um, that will pay for themselves over the long run. So it makes financial sense for the state of California to invest additional dollars into, uh, into these types of efforts because more money needs to come into our neighborhoods. You know, a lot of our neighborhoods have been disinvested in for a very long time. So what better way to really move tax dollars into the actual neighborhoods and get people the resources that they deserve and that they quite frankly, I've probably paid for many times over and green our neighborhoods, green our streets, green our parks. Well, absolutely. This is, uh, this is important work that you're doing, Cindy, and I applaud you for, for doing it. Uh, I'm a strong proponent that we should be capturing this $100 billion of water that gets wasted every year. Uh, that is, as you said, a precious resource uh, for California and and as we potentially get into even greater drought conditions as we go forward, we've got to figure out a way to capture that. And uh, what better way to do that than have these urban water runoff projects, that which you just described, which are great investments in our future for our health, for the health of our communities. Great work that you're doing and wonderful to have you on the program. You've been listening to Cindy Montanez, Tree People CEO, this is Matt Mattern of Unite and Heal America on KABC 790, and we look forward to uh, having you all back next week. Have a great week, everyone.